What comes at night? Shadows? Monsters? Nightmares? Our deepest, darkest fears or the abyss? Or perhaps worse? Or maybe it's something that strikes fear in your own heart, but doesn't even stir others. Steve and I venture to uncover what frightens director and screenwriter Trey Edwards in his latest film, What Comes at Night. Edwards explores the dark truth when families are pushed to the brink of losing their humanity in order to preserve their own in a post-apocalyptic setup after mysterious sickness ravages towns and cities. The film follows one family trying to survive hidden deep in the woods and fend off the panic that comes at night. Welcome to Worth a Watch. For a few years now, Steve and I have been going to $5 Tuesday movies to watch films that maybe have a meh review or somewhere in the middle. We watch the movies that perhaps critics were a little too harsh on and decide if it's worth a watch. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, well, as I said, the director slash screenwriter, Trey Edwards, he became popular in 2015 in multiple film festivals for his film, Krisha. Krisha. Yes, which was well-received. Never heard of it. <laughs> uh, it was no. extremely micro-budget debut film for him his aunt was basically the star of the film so that's really weird yeah like, well that's that's all he could afford his aunt offered and yeah he okay. took her up on it <laughs> well i mean good for him yeah, yeah i guess <laughs> um it comes at night also is a super micro budgeted film as well right. and it was filmed in his family home see that's really weird i, I don't like that. <laughs> i don't know what to say about that We'll get into why that's so disturbing later. Once again, let's start with the positive. Okay. Uh, you would like me to go first? Yeah, go for um, it. Okay, I, I really like the direction for this film. I mean, it it has a good use of close-ups and narrow shots. You really get this feeling of, like, I don't know, like, very tight spaces. A, a sense of claustrophobia, I feel. You feel like you're kind of... You're there with the characters, you know? Did you get that kind of feeling from it? Uh, yeah, especially with the son, Travis. Uh, I felt like I could feel his anxiety, his his frustrations as well, because he's trying to, he's a teenager, he's trying to develop, you know, his sense of self, and right. it seems like he's stunted because he's just with his mom and dad, and that's it. And you could definitely see that frustration as the film continues. That's a really good point. He he really captured that sense of like, I don't know, teenage angst, angst, yeah, rebellion. That's a very good point. Yeah, I felt the angst part especially because his <laughs> uh, some of his dreams were a little questionable. <laughs> yeah, uh, we can't say too much about that. Yeah, yeah, that was a very good. I think they did a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Um, it, it really increased the tension, too. It, it definitely did. Especially when, again, can't mention this, when certain characters are introduced <laughs> later on, and it makes things hella awkward. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, cause there, there was a scene that you missed. Uh, yeah, when oh. you, like, stepped out real quick, that he's yeah. listening in on people. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. That, that was a little weird. I was just like, uh, um, this got awkward really fast. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, why is this in the film? Because they, they never like, explore the dynamic, and that kind of bothered me a little bit, because you can sense that angst growing within him, you know, that boy angst that I'm assuming most guys experience, you know? Yeah. I like the fact that they explored his frustrations of being a teenager being stuck in this position of this post-apocalyptic which i'm assuming is post-apocalyptic because there's no one else around yeah so i i thought That's that was an wow. interesting exploration that that is um i i kind of forgot about how that plot <laughs> point didn't really go anywhere so. well there was a lot of plot points that went nowhere unfortunately for that, this film that is true but just like the mummy podcast i'm actually realizing all these I'm starting to think of more stuff now. So we can talk <laughs> about that later. It's a little too late for that one. Uh, whoops. <laughs> Alright, so the positive for me, aside from that exploration of teenage angst, I like the filmmaking for this movie. It was mm -hmm. excellent. I enjoyed the long shots of the forest, the close-up to specific details, 
you it's like you say you could feel what the actors are feeling or the characters are feeling yeah it really brought you mm-hmm. in there and like you said the visuals were it was fantastic. excellent yeah, yeah i loved it yeah uh, the sense of dread and uncertainty, it was really unsettling. And I was basically on the edge of my seat for most of the film. Like, So the acting um, was excellent. They really liked it? Yeah, they did a really good job. And once again, not well-known actors, except for the main actor. I, I did know Joe Edgerton, but he's kind of like a more... I don't know, he's been in some stuff. He's in Black Mass. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think The Gift... Which you really, oh, you really like that one. I, I <laughs> thought I felt the irony was kind of funny. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a podcast for another time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> anyway, um, so the other characters, the wife, the uh, the son, he they haven't been into too many mainstream stuff. But all around, pretty good acting. I liked it. Yeah, I I really liked the intensity. They they played it up very well. And there was other points in the movie that I really enjoyed the acting a lot, but I can't really describe it right now because it will spoil the movie on yeah, we don't what know. happens. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, Do we, we, <laughs> we have nothing else to say. Yeah, I guess um, not. Do you have anything you want to... Um, okay, so the movie begins with the grandfather dying from the mysterious sickness that the audience assumes has ravaged the earth. Mm-hmm. The family basically has to burn his body to make sure the disease doesn't spread. So the movie follows the teenage son as he deals with violent and disturbing dreams mm-hmm. because it seems like he is paranoid of contracting this disease, or at least that's what I kind of gathered. Yeah, we pretty much had the same impression. Yeah. It, yeah. And then a mysterious stranger comes to their home, and the family decides to take in the stranger's family. But once again, paranoia takes over as they grow suspicious of one another for having this sickness. And what I wanted to mention was... You know, when we were talking about the good, the great acting in this movie, I kind of liked the scene when they're, you know, learning the routine, helping each other out, and it, it almost kind of gives a sense of hope. So it, it was nice seeing that the acting was good in that sense. Like it made you feel, or at least my, in my perspective, it made me feel like a camaraderie almost. Yeah, no, I felt that too. They did a good job of kind mm-hmm. of portraying what their characters felt and the chemistry between them all yeah but anyway obviously this camaraderie doesn't last and all it took was one mistake but that mistake was kind of a plot i don't even know if it was a mistake we can't even talk yeah because that event that occurs that like splits the family we don't know whose fault it was exactly (laughs) like it's once again like the thing that happens that splits the family makes no sense. And it's like nobody's fault, pretty much. I don't know. Don't I don't even, know. We didn't even oh, know. Oh, my and gosh. My, my issue with it is that I believe, having seen the movie and having them, when you're talking about the routine that they explain, yeah. I believe that everything happens is just basically a giant plot hole. But yeah, because I, I just found that portion of the movie really frustrating but when they were going over the rules i was actually I, it was like one of the few things i actually paid attention to but um there's a point in in the rules and when they're explaining it and everybody's learning it and cooperating with each other there is a particular plot point that completely invalidates what we're talking about this whole event that causes tension between these two groups there is one plot hole in there that just basically derails the whole movie for me yeah and i'll we can talk about it later but we'll actually talk about it in a few minutes because right now i think we should give our ratings so let's start with our one to ten rating what did you give it steve uh i'm gonna give it a three wow Uh, worse than the mummy i actually enjoyed the mummy more i'm gonna say that right now i would rather see the mummy again than this you know what? i have Boom. to agree with that i definitely <laughs> agree with that i gave it a four out of ten just because i thought the acting was superb i enjoyed the the shots the long shots of the forest the the attention to detail i thought that was yeah, really cool that was really good um but the reason why i'm giving it a bad rating is this film to me had some serious potential and it's so much worse than if this was just a pile of shit. Like, if this was a movie where <laughs> nothing went right, 
you know, like, I'd be, all right, okay, I expected it. The Mummy had a lot of things that went wrong for it, and I kind of knew that it was going to be just, I mean, it's hard to compare the two movies, but... Oh, yeah. I, I knew that it was going to be sloppy. Like, we, I just kind of had a feeling. Oh, of course. It's a Tom Cruise movie. E- yeah, and, and, and like a goofy probably. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah, it was a goofy movie. <laughs> Gonna get shot for saying that, oh, probably. God. Tom Cruise <laughs> is gonna break down your door. Yeah, and <laughs> like then right attempt to convert me to Scientology while he's at it. I heard that you didn't like The Mummy and Night and Day. <laughs> no, oh, sorry. <laughs> I had to bring it up. To me, I feel like we were talking about all these positive things that this, this movie had going for it, and there's a solid film in here, and I know a lot of people really enjoyed this film, and I've I've had debates. Uh, yeah, seriously. Grumble, grumble. I'm sorry, guys. I don't I don't see what you see in this movie, um, but I've been having debates all week about this. I'm giving this a harsh rating because I thought that this could have been a really good movie, yeah. and to me, that's a crime that, like, a cinematic crime that this had like cinematography, great acting going for it. It wasn't just a goofy film. It wasn't a like from the get-go it wasn't a mess there wasn't something wrong within the first like two minutes of the film and that's why i'm rating it harshly because this could have been so much better and into the spoilers we go if you have any interest in seeing this movie i recommend pausing now and come back later as me and steve are going to dive into the spoilers my issue one of my main issues with this movie was it felt way too personal Mm -hmm. and I don't know, when I was first watching it, I just, I couldn't, what's the word? I couldn't quite connect with the movie, and I I couldn't figure out why I couldn't connect until I did some research, and as I told you a little bit earlier, this movie had a very personal connection with the screenwriter slash director, Trey Edwards. He said to in an interview with the LA Times okay the film is meant to be heavy because he calls the film his own personal therapy early scene with the grandfather dying uh, was inspired by a traumatic experience the director had when his father passed away from pancreatic cancer he called the experience traumatic uh, watching his father wither away unfortunately yeah that must have been horrible yeah, so not only that, um, I guess his dad suffered from alcoholism as well. And while his father was in hospital care, he said that he had a lot of regrets. So once he passed away from uh, cancer, uh, Trey Edwards started researching uh, human behavior, reading books on genocide and violent self defense (laughs) uh yeah so i guess he kind of dived into like this sort of dark place after his father passed which became the inspiration for this movie um i don't really know what to make of that yeah yeah um, i guess people deal with tragedy in strange ways but i I, um (laughs) you know it it really explains why like because the movie just felt so heavy and i I don't know, I, I just really couldn't connect with the family dynamic. I couldn't really connect with the emotional terrain they were exploring, I suppose is the best way to put it. Yeah, no, I felt the same way. I mean, really, with this with this message he, he's kind of putting into the film, it's, um, like you said, it's, it's almost like his own personal therapy, and I really think he would have... I really think he would have been better off talking to somebody about it, but uh, um, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I um, mean, we all sat in as his personal therapist, all of us. Yeah, I would have rather just sat down with this guy and talked to, over with him instead of having to sit through this movie. This movie, it's, it's really hard to, like you said, connect with it, with the message, because it's supposed to be his own personal therapy. And I don't think people can relate to that unless they've been in his particular situation. And the thing is, is that he he has a lot of things in his life that are very relatable. Like, everybody knows how hard it is to lose a grandparent. But the way he writes it and the way he projects it on screen makes it completely unrelatable. I don't know why, but it just the way he he does it. I have to agree with that because we, we've all had a grandparent that has passed. Like, in this case, it is his father, but on right. screen, it's a grandfather. 
and you know we all have that grandparent that has passed away unfortunately from illness of some sort and we've seen them suffer unfortunately and I don't know you're right I just couldn't relate to this type of pain that he went through it it was very intense yeah it it was just so heavy you know it really was but I I don't know it's just like the way he filmed it or the way he portrayed it I don't know I, I think with a movie like this it's it's really bizarre because it's the film's messages are vague enough where it's supposed to be kind of like everyone can kind of find their own way to relate to it. But this is like the only movie that I've seen where it's got like kind of like a make your own message, you know, kind of thing going on. Yeah. And I can't relate to anything about it. Like even though everybody sees something different in it. Was Travis having those dreams? He said he'd been having dreams for a while in that um, scene where he's talking to that guy's wife. At the dinner table? Yeah. So I was like, was he having nightmares before he got sick? Or, I mean, is this just how his brain is? I, I don't know. And another thing that just wasn't explained. No, definitely not. The LA Times, they asked this question. And so what comes at night? And their answer to it was hitting new horror heights because the director is probing at the darkness within people. Wow. Which apparently is going to be kind of like a new direction that a lot of horror movies are going to take. How do you feel about that? I feel like they've been doing that for a long time. Yeah. I mean, they've been doing that since Psycho. Pretty this, much. This is literally yeah. like a 50-something-year-old idea. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I appreciate, though, that whole thing. But like literally, again, like Silence of the Lambs, any Hannibal stuff... Yeah, I guess like the the point was like it was like a like a super close up focus on like individuals rather than like a whole giant story surrounding it. Hmm. Which okay, I get, but I felt a lot of story arcs. Yeah, that that was the problem. Like if you're going to do that, you need to focus on one thing. You can't do all these crazy, ah, you know, (laughs) dynamics. I would. That was my reaction to the movie, too. I was kind of like, ah! It, it led to, like, a lot, a lot of plot holes, and that was that was a big problem that we had. And we will go into that later. Yeah. So before we get into plot holes, one more thing we wanted to cover was the marketing. Now, yeah. our my friend on, online said, like, oh, well, it was not really a horror movie. It's more of a thriller. However, though, it was marketed as a horror movie in the commercials and stuff. However the director said he never intended for it to be a horror movie that he just allowed people to label it a horror movie which is kind of contradicting in some interviews that he gives really yeah because he kind of talks about like you know the evil within the horrors within and i'm just like but you're referencing horrors is that different from i don't know um but there's a lot of elements in this movie that kind of parallel horror movie there was like jump scares there was disturbing like dream sequences uh there there was a lot of like suspense darkness the unknown right. you know where does the line blur between thriller versus horror because he called mm-hmm. this a thriller that's a really good question but I, I would say this is definitely more in the horror category for the reasons you said but it's also like the music was really creepy and all like Durr. very building you know it was yeah, building for the and i mean like yeah it's to build tension but i mean you throw in all the nightmarish imagery like literally um nightmarish but also like <laughs> really freaky i don't know i when i think of a thriller i'd say like um like silence of the lambs or something like that mm-hmm. maybe um zodiac we said it was like one of the top Yo, oh, yeah that was one of the top thriller movies it. yeah <laughs> Uh, I was like Zodiacs when I think of and it was like the number one <laughs> search even, result. Even Inception was under there as a thriller movie. Although I feel like that's kind of a bit of a stretch though. Yeah, I don't know about that. But I don't know. I feel like um, Thriller is more like it's like a more hardcore suspense movie. Yeah. That's what I feel like for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, I, I definitely lean more towards horror though. and it, At least he doesn't say like I you're an idiot if you consider this horror or something because then i'd be like wow you're full of shit because there's just so much you shouldn't have put so many jump scares in Mm -hmm. this if you like didn't want this to be considered horror uh vertigo that's a perfect example uh the prestige hmm i I don't know maybe Mm, i don't know it's kind of pushing it 
you kind of get the idea. Yeah, exactly. Gone Girl. Mm -hmm. That's also a really good example of thriller as well. That's a good choice. Yeah. But yeah, I just don't, I don't see it with this movie. I really don't. One of my friends was saying that he never saw it as as a horror movie when he went to see it, but. Um, I was like, but it was marketed as a horror movie, though. That's the yeah, thing. I, th- I think the marketing really killed this y- movie. Yeah. So <laughs> was it marketing's fault that misled us to like be it? Like, I-, I don't know. Like, did he um, did he have a final say in marketing? That's a good question. You know that that that's what I want to know because this is all marketing's fault on why we th- thought it was a horror movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, not. I, I definitely right? see that. I don't know what to say. Okay, so, all right, let's, <laughs> let's think for a moment, like a thriller movie. So, okay. Gone Girl, when we saw trailers for that, we did not think it was going to be a horror movie. We knew it was going to be a thriller. When we saw mm-hmm. trailers for this, we thought it was a horror movie. So, maybe yeah. it was marketing's fault, and he had no control over it. That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely say so, but I mean, again, it's not, it's not all marketing's fault. It just is, it's not all of his fault that I didn't that this movie ended up as a mess in my opinion yeah i've never seen a movie that's been messed up so much in the marketing because it's just like there was this emphasis on it being again like a horror film but also kind of like a zombie movie mm-hmm. i guess like well there was no zombies you just died yeah, from the sickness but they made it look like people were gonna come back or mm-hmm. something like this disease was gonna i don't know people were breaking into the house or some shit we should just rewrite this movie and make it better. <laughs> you know, it's just we'll change it. We'll say it. Uh, it comes at dawn or something. Ooh, that'd be kind of cool. That sounds better. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I like that. We're already. going to rewrite this movie and make it much better. We there, are off to it. a good start. We have an excellent title. I'm yeah, excited. We, it comes at dawn. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with the marketing, they kept making this reference. You know, along with the title, it was very misleading. Like it. They kept saying in the trailer where they're talking about how this red door, we lock it at night, we don't go out at night, you know, you can't go out at night. And I was like, oh, well, this is going to be cool. Like something, clearly something comes at night. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that's a good point. In, in terms of marketing, they made it seem as though some type of creature comes at night and that's why they have to lock that one door that they had in the house. Right. And... It was in every trailer. It was, too. yeah. Specifically the red door. Like, we can't lock it. It stays locked at night. We don't go out at night. And I was like, oh, Which, oh boy. <laughs> this leads us to our plot holes. Yay. Plot hole fairy paid us a visit. Oh. Not once. Not twice. Many times. Not three times. She's on overtime right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's just talk about this sickness because that's my main, one of my biggest issues with the movie. So... What is the sickness? We really don't know anything about it. I mean, it gives you lesions and messes up your eyes. So, I don't know, beside from that, really nothing is explained. So it, it kind of comes across as like a form of the bubonic plague, mm-hmm. kind of. Like, oh, let's see that. Okay, let's see that. I guess. I don't know, nothing's really told. So, Cause, like, he does develop like those gross things on the his legions arms. And yeah, shit. yeah. So I, I don't know, but we don't know anything about it. Yeah, really they don't. they give you absolutely no answers on how it came about, how it spread, how you can potentially contract it. I I don't know. Is it in the yeah. water? Is it in the air? That's what we were saying. We don't know if it's airborne, waterborne. People, we don't know. We think it might be in water because they were boiling it, but we don't know that because it's a stream and you usually boil stream water anyway. So, I have no clue. Like, how does it spread? Does it spread by touch? Does it spread by breathing, contact? Where did the outbreak start? Is it a pandemic? Is it only in the U.S.? We don't know. Let's <laughs> more questions. Um, so, can people carry the virus and not show symptoms? This may have happened with Travis, the teenage kid, but we don't know that. I mean, are people immune? Is there a cure? Is there a vaccine? Is it 100% fatal? Just having seen a lot of, like, virus movies or zombie movies or whatever, I just keep comparing this to Contagion, which is, like, really, really thorough about how (laughs) everything happens. And I'm like, wow, this doesn't tell me shit. Like, I don't know anything about this. And the thing is, is that I like, you know, this movie is going for a less is more kind of deal. But in a plague or a virus film, something like this, less is not more. No, definitely not. 
it's not. Less is yeah. lazy writing in this. It's lazy writing. Like, you can't I, just... I agree, yeah. It's like, I don't know, I just feel like when you introduce a sickness like this, and you say nothing about it, and it's actually integral to the point of the film, to where it's actually a plot device in the movie, and most of the film is based on it, or dependent on it, I just think doing that and not explaining anything is completely lazy. Because it creates potholes. Like, lots of potholes. <laughs> this movie was peppered with potholes. Yeah, because, you know, there were times when they went outside with, like, those gas masks on, and I was confused, because then they, they took it off. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so do you leave it on or off? Like, I, I don't understand what's happening. That was a good point. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> like, I don't know. So th that was one of the things that confused me about the sickness that was spreading. Just one of them. One of the things. Just one of the things. Um, There's plenty more that we can go into. I was going to say my other point, which is really a big deal in a lot of zombie or, mm -hmm. again, or virus movies, um, is, like, is this cross-species? Was the dog actually sick, or did it just, like, did the dog pick up the virus, or was it infected, or... Who hurt the dog, you know? That's a good point. Because he looked pretty mangled as well. Yeah, like a bear or something, I guess. So we, we don't know who's out person? there. Who, yeah. yeah, we don't know. We don't know. We have to see it comes at night, too, to find out. Tune in next year. Nah, I'm good. I, I don't know. I'm like, is this thing, like, uh, is there, like, some infected bear just going crazy in the like what is going on like was the dog sick i don't even know and what did the kids see when the dog started going crazy and barking and stuff like he said he saw something when he chases after the dog yeah. the dog runs off we don't know what the hell was out there there's like something maybe maybe it's supposed to be some type of message of like paranoia getting to him maybe he was hallucinating because he was, uh, sick. He was sick yeah that's true Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's another metaphor for... Yeah. I don't know. So let's <laughs> go back to the red door because that was like one of the biggest plot holes that I had a problem with. Mm -hmm. They really stressed in the movie, like, you, you can't go out at night. Like, there's no going out. There's no leaving this front door. The, the key the is with me. The key is with me always. Yeah, he's got the fucking key. Yeah. The red door remains shut. So then there's the point in the movie when... The kid, um, Travis, brings back the other little kid back to bed. Right. And then he sees that the front door is open and he can't figure out how did it get open. And no one could figure out how to get it open because only one person has the key. Right. Yeah, either Joe Edgerton or his wife. Yeah. If I remember. No, no, only he, not even his wife had the keys. Are you sure? I am positive. Okay. I'm absolutely positive because he said specifically, only I have the keys. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. I'm willing to bet money on it. How much? I don't know. Okay. I'm going to say how much I got. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, I remember his wife also having the key, but... Really? I don't know. I think you're making shit up. Yeah, but... <laughs> so I'm, like, ready to direct the next movie in this series, then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think him having a key is a metaphor for um, <laughs> the Ukrainian-Russia crisis... That's clearly the metaphor for this. Oh I, I don't know. Um, but, <laughs> so, they all have a family meeting. Like, okay, the door was open. One of us opened the door. Somebody opened the door. And, like, they're trying to point fingers at who opened the door. But I'm like, dude, you're the only one who has the fucking key. So no one can open the door. And they forgot about that. Yeah, the writer's just like, no. Oh. Specifically said that in the beginning. Like, I have the key. I can only open the door. Right. So, who opened the door? <laughs> I don't know. How the fuck did the dog get in? Oh, that's right. He entered through the first door. <laughs> so the okay. So I couldn't figure out why you kept asking me. Like, is there like a doggy door? Is there a doggy yeah. door? <laughs> I'm like, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> well, that was a plot hole. In, that happened in Dawn of the Dead, where the dog went through the door and like the zombies got in behind it or some shit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, so like how? So this dog. Um, Clearly, what I got from this movie is that the dog can phase through walls, and that's how he got in, because nobody could have opened the door except for Joel Edgerton. Mm -hmm. So this dog got sick, and I gave it the power to move through walls, and that's how it got into the house, essentially. Or teleport. <laughs> it, it can teleport. <laughs> teleport. It's like Nightcrawler from X-Men. But... 
no, I'm just like, they totally forgot about it. And yeah. it, it breaks the rest of the movie. It breaks the rules it bre- that he <laughs> specifically, he said it. Like, when he sits down the new family that joins them, like, I have the keys. As you can see, they're around my neck. They're there. They, they don't come off. And that was that. <laughs> yeah, I like, maybe we missed something. Did we miss something? Maybe, I, like, our friends saw something that we didn't in terms of that door situation. I don't know. We'll have to have a focus meeting of some sort. Focus, okay. Focusing, yeah. yes. Yeah. All right. We'll take notes. We'll have a PowerPoint. It's going to be great. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about Andrew then, because they were, they kept saying that he kept, he, he, like, he could have opened the door. No, he couldn't have. He's too small. Going back to him when Travis, um, woke him up to, mm-hmm. like, bring him back to bed, to bring him back to bed, we don't even know if he was sick at all. Like, yeah, we don't even know. Because they, they just assumed that he was sick and somehow magically grew, like, three feet to open the door. Yeah. Um, like, Which I was like... Again, we don't even know if the spe- if this thing is cross-species. So even if the dog was somehow infected, we don't know that it can give the virus back to people. Yeah. So, But, but we don't know that Andrew is sick because he had his eyes closed when they were, like, you know, when they thought he was sick. Mm-hmm. So we don't even know he was actually sick. Because Travis might have just gotten everyone sick. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe nobody else was sick until the end of the movie. Maybe. Maybe they all got sick together. Yeah. They all were exposed at the same exact time. Or maybe uh, Will's family wasn't sick at all. Maybe. We don't even know. But they're all dead. Mm. I just think that whole thing was dumb. Because Andrew could have, even if he was sick, he could have just had the flu or something. Yeah. You know, like, kids get sick all the time. Yeah. Especially little ones. And I'm sick of this movie. <laughs> so, so we were talking about paranoia with Will. Mm-hmm. So... Again, this is not explained. This is what screws me up. Because Will, at one point, you seemingly catch him in a lie about his brother. That's right. That's right. I I felt like the director did that to just kind of, like, fuck with the audience a bit. Yeah. Like, maybe we shouldn't trust him. Maybe he's not. he's been lying this whole time. He's not, like, this family-happy kind of man. Or, I don't know, whatever you want to call him. Like, he's not, like, this great guy as he portrays himself to be. As a protector right. of his family. He's lying. So perhaps that was just supposed to be, like, some type of misdirection or... I don't know. But at the same rate, it was really random as well. It, it was. I don't know. We, it didn't really go anywhere. Like, because the movie concluded not long mm-hmm. after that. So I, I thought that was really stupid. And when you throw that lie in there, it kind of hit me the other night. I was like, if he's making up stuff about his brother and then he's like oh it was my brother-in-law i'm like how would you i don't understand how why you would mess that up like it's, it doesn't seem to me like somebody would make that mistake. yeah it's a weird thing to mess up like oh yeah no i met my my brother i got so many i lost track <laughs> was travis having those dreams he said he'd been having dreams for a while in that um scene where he's talking to that guy's wife at the dinner table yeah so i was like was he having nightmares before he got sick or, I mean, is this just how his brain is? I, I don't know. And another thing that just wasn't explained. No, definitely not. The LA Times, they asked this question. And so what comes at night? And their answer to it was hitting new horror heights because the director is probing at the darkness within people. Wow. Which apparently is going to be kind of like a new direction that a lot of horror movies are going to take. How do you feel about that? I feel like they've been doing that for a long time. Yeah. I mean, they've been doing that since Psycho. Pretty this, much. This is literally yeah. like a 50-something-year-old idea. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I appreciate, though, that whole thing. But, like, literally, again, like, Silence of the Lambs, any Hannibal stuff. Yeah, I guess, like, new. the the point was, like, it was, like, a, like a super close-up focus on, like, individuals rather than, like, a whole giant story surrounding it. Hmm. Which, okay, I get, but you I felt... a lot of story arcs. Yeah, that, that was the problem. Like, if you're going to do that, you need to focus on one thing. You can't do all these crazy, ah, you know, <laughs> that, dynamics. I would. That was my reaction to the movie, too. I was kind of like, ah! It, it led to, like, a lot, a lot of plot holes, and that was, that was a big problem that we had. And we will go into that later. Yeah. So before we get into plot holes, one more thing we wanted to cover was the marketing. Now, yeah. our my friend on, online said, like, oh, well, it was not really a horror movie. It's more of a thriller. However, though, it was marketed as a horror movie in the commercials and stuff. 
However, the director said he never intended for it to be a horror movie, that he just allowed people to label it a horror movie, which is kind of contradicting in some interviews that he gives. Really? Yeah, because he kind of talks about, like, you know, the evil within, the horrors within, and I'm just like, but you're referencing horrors. Is that different from, I don't know. Uh, But there's a lot of elements in this movie that kind of parallel a horror movie there was like jump scares there was disturbing like dream sequences uh there there was a lot of like suspense darkness the unknown you know where does the line blur between thriller versus horror because he called Mm -hmm. this a thriller that's a really good question but i would say this is definitely more in the horror category for the reasons you said but it's also like the music was really creepy and all like very building you know it was building for the and i mean like yeah it's to build tension but i mean you throw in all the nightmarish imagery like literally um nightmarish but also like (laughs) really freaky i don't know i when i think of a thriller i'd say like um like silence of the lambs or something like that Mm -hmm. maybe um zodiac we said it was like one of the top oh yeah that was one of the top thriller movies yeah (laughs) Uh, I was like Zodiacs when I think of and it was like the number one <laughs> search even, result. Even Inception was under there as a thriller movie. Although I feel like that's kind of a bit of a stretch though. Yeah, I don't know about that. But I don't know. I feel like um, Thriller is more like it's like a more hardcore suspense movie. Yeah. That's what I feel like for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, I, I definitely lean more towards horror though. And it, at least he doesn't say like I you're an idiot if you consider this horror or something because then i'd be like wow you're full of shit because there's just so much you shouldn't have put so many jump scares in Mm -hmm. this if you like didn't want this to be considered horror uh vertigo that's a perfect example uh the prestige hmm i I don't maybe Mm, i don't know it's kind of pushing it you kind of get the idea yeah exactly gone girl Mm -hmm. that's also a really good example of thriller as well that's a good choice yeah but I, I, yeah, I just don't. I don't see it with this movie. I really don't. One of my friends was saying that he never saw it as a, as a horror movie when he went to see it. But um, I was like, but it was marketed as a horror movie, though. That's the yeah, thing. I, th- I think the marketing really killed this movie. Y- yeah. So was it <laughs> marketing's fault that misled us to like be it? Like, I, I don't know. Like, did he um, did he have a final say in marketing? That's a good question. You know that that. That's what I want to know because this is all marketing's fault on why we th- thought it was a horror movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, not. I, I definitely right? see that. Fuck, I, I don't know. know what to say. Okay, so Fuck. all right, let's <laughs> let's think for a moment, like a thriller movie. So okay. Gone Girl. When we saw trailers for that, we did not think it was going to be a horror movie. We knew it was going to be a thriller. When we saw mm-hmm. trailers for this, we thought it was a horror movie. So maybe yeah. it was marketing's fault, and he had no control over it. That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely say so, but I mean, again, it's not it's not all marketing's fault. It just is. It's not all of his fault that I didn't that this movie ended up as a mess, in my opinion. Yeah, I've never seen a movie that's been messed up so much in the marketing because it's just like there was this emphasis on it being again like a horror film, but also kind of like a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. I guess like well, there was no zombies. You just died. Yeah. From the sickness. But they made it look like people were going to come back or Mm -hmm. something. Like this disease was going to, I don't know, people were breaking into the house or some shit. We should just rewrite this movie and make it better. (laughs) Just we'll change it. We'll say it uh, it comes at dawn or something. Ooh, that'd be kind of cool. That sounds better. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I like that We're going to rewrite this movie and make it much better. We are off to a good start. We have an Mm -hmm. excellent title. I'm excited. It comes at dawn. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like with the marketing, they kept making this reference, you know, along with the title, it was very misleading. Like, it, they kept saying in the trailer, they're talking about how this red door, we lock it at night, we don't go out at night, you know, you can't go out at night. And I was like, oh, well, this is going to be cool. Like, something, clearly something comes at night. Yeah. <laughs> like that, That's a good point. In, in terms of marketing, they made it seem as though some type of creature comes at night and that's why they have to lock that one door that they had in the house right and it was in every trailer it was yeah specifically the red door 
can't lock it. It stays locked at night. We don't go out at night. And I was like, which oh boy. <laughs> this leads us to our plot holes. Yay. Plot hole fairy paid us a visit. Oh. Not once, not twice. Not three times. She's on overtime right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's just talk about this sickness because that's my main, one of my biggest issues with the movie. So, what is the sickness? We really don't know anything about it. I mean, it gives you lesions and messes up your eyes. So, I don't know, aside from that, really nothing is explained. So, it, it kind of comes across as like a form of the bubonic plague, mm-hmm. kind of. Like, oh, let's see yeah. that. Okay, let's uh, see that. I guess. I don't know. Nothing's really told. So, Cause, like, he does develop like those gross things. Yeah, the his legions. Arms. And yeah. Shit. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but we don't know anything about it. Yeah, really they don't. they give you absolutely no answers on how it came about, how it spread, how you can potentially contract it. I I don't know. Is it in the yeah. water? Is it in the air? That's what we were saying. We don't know if it's airborne, Is it waterborne. People, we don't know. We think it might be in water because they were boiling it, but we don't know that because it's a stream and you usually boil stream water anyway. So I have no clue. Like, how does it spread? Does it spread by touch? Does it spread by breathing, contact? Where did the outbreak start? Is it a pandemic? Is it only in the U.S.? We don't know. Let's <laughs> more questions. Um, so can people carry the virus and not show symptoms? This may have happened with Travis, the teenage kid, but we don't know that. I mean, are people immune? Is there a cure? Is there a vaccine? Is it 100% fatal? Just having seen a lot of like virus movies or zombie movies or whatever, I just keep comparing this to Contagion, which is like really, really thorough about how <laughs> everything happens. And I'm like, wow, this doesn't tell me shit. Like, I don't know anything about this. And the thing is, is that I like, you know, this movie is going for a less is more kind of deal, but in a plague or a virus film something like this less is not more no less, definitely not it's not less is yeah. lazy writing in this it's lazy writing like you can't I, just i agree yeah it's like i don't know i just feel like when you introduce a sickness like this and you say nothing about it and it's actually integral to the point of the film to where it's actually a plot device in the movie and most of the film is based on or dependent on it i just think doing that and not explaining anything is completely lazy because it creates potholes like lots of potholes <laughs> this movie was peppered with plot holes because yeah, you know there were times when they went outside with like those gas masks on and i was confused but because then they they took it off yeah and i was like okay so do you leave it on or off like i i don't understand what's happening that was a good point yeah I don't even know. <laughs> like, I don't know. So th- that was one of the things that confused me about the sickness that was spreading. Just one of them. One of the things. Just one of the things. Um, there, there's plenty more that we can go into. I was going to say my other point, which is really a big deal in a lot of zombie or, mm-hmm. again, or virus movies, um, is, like, is this cross-species? Was the dog actually sick, or did it just, like, did the dog pick up the virus, or was it infected or who hurt the dog you know there that's a good point because he looked pretty mangled as well yeah like a bear or something i guess so we we don't know who's out there yeah yeah, we don't know we don't know we have to see it comes at night too to find out tune in next year i'm good i I don't know i'm like is this thing like uh, is there like some infected bear just going crazy in the like what is going on like was the dog sick i don't even know and what did the kids see when the dog started going crazy and barking and stuff like he said he saw something when he chases after the dog yeah. the dog runs off we don't know what the hell was out there there's like something maybe maybe it's supposed to be some type of message of like paranoia getting to him maybe he was hallucinating because he was, Cause sick. He was sick yeah that's true I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's another metaphor for. Yeah. I don't know. So let's go back to the red door because that was like one of the biggest plot holes that I had a problem with. Mm-hmm. They really stressed in the movie like you you can't go out at night. Like there's no going out. There's no leaving this front door. The the Close key the is with me. The key is with me always. Yeah, he's got the fucking key. Yeah. The red door remains shut. So then there's the point in the movie when. The kid, um, 
Travis brings back the other little kid back to bed. And then he sees that the front door is open and he can't figure out how did it get open. And no one could figure out how to get it open because only one person has the key. Right. Yeah, either Joe Edgerton or his wife. Yeah. If I remember. No, no, only he, not even his wife had the keys. Are you sure? I am positive. Okay. I'm absolutely positive because he said specifically, only I have the keys. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. I'm willing to bet money on it. How much? I don't know. Okay. I'm going to see how much I got. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, well, I remember his wife also having the key, but. Really? I don't know. I think you're making shit up. Yeah, but. <laughs> so I'm like ready to direct the next movie in this series then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think him having a key is a metaphor for um, <laughs> the Ukrainian Russia crisis. That's clearly the metaphor for this. Oh my God. I-, I don't know. Um, but. <laughs> so they all have a family meeting, like. Okay, the door was open. One of us opened the door. Somebody opened the door. And, like, they're trying to point fingers at who opened the door. But I'm like, dude, you're the only one who has the fucking key. So no one can open the door. And they forgot about that. Yeah, the writer's just like, no. Oh. Specifically said that in the beginning. Like, I have the key. I can only open the door. Right. So who opened the door? I don't know. How the fuck did the dog get in? Oh, that's right. He entered through the first door. <laughs> so the okay. So I couldn't figure out why you kept asking me. Like, is there like a doggy door? Is there a doggy yeah, door? I'm like, <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> well, that was a plot hole. In, that happened in Dawn of the Dead, where the dog went through the door and like the zombies got in behind it or some shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, so like how? So this dog, um, clearly, what I got from this movie is that the dog can phase through walls, and that's how he got in, because. Nobody could have opened the door except for Joel Edgerton. Mm-hmm. So this dog got sick, and I gave it the power to move through walls, and that's how it got into the house, essentially. Or teleport. <laughs> it, it can teleport. teleport. It's like Nightcrawler from X Men. But I don't know. I'm just like they totally forgot about it, and yeah. it, it breaks the rest of the movie. It breaks the rules it bre- that he <laughs> specifically he said it like when he sits down the new family that joins them like. I have the keys. As you can see, they're around my neck. They're there. They, they don't come off. And that was that. <laughs> yeah, I like, maybe we missed something. Did we miss something? Maybe, I, like, our friends saw something that we didn't in terms of that door situation. I, I don't know. We'll have to have a focus meeting of some sort. Okay. okay. Yeah. Focusing, yes. Yeah. All right. We'll take notes. We'll have a PowerPoint. It's going to be great. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk about Andrew then, because they were they kept saying that he kept, he, he like, he could have opened the door. No, he couldn't have. He's too small. Going back to him when Travis um, woke him up to, mm-hmm. like. Bring him back to bed. To bring him back to bed. We don't even know if he was sick at all. Like. Yeah. We don't even know. Because they, they just assumed that he was sick and somehow magically grew, like, three feet to open the door. Yeah. Um, like, Which I was like... Again, we don't even know if the spe- if this thing is cross-species. So even if the dog was somehow infected, we don't know that it could give the virus back to people. Yeah. So, But, but we don't know that Andrew is sick because he had his eyes closed when they were, like, you know, when they thought he was sick. Mm-hmm. So we don't even know he was actually sick. Because Travis might have just gotten everyone sick. I mean, I don't know. Maybe nobody else was sick until the end of the movie. Maybe. Maybe they all got sick together. Yeah. They all were exposed at the same exact time. Or maybe uh, Will's family wasn't sick at all. Maybe. We don't even know. But they're all dead. Mm. I just think that whole thing was dumb. Because Andrew could have, even if he was sick, he could have just had the flu or something. Yeah. You know, like, kids get sick all the time. Yeah. Especially little ones. And I'm sick of this movie. <laughs> so. so we were talking about paranoia with Will. Mm-hmm. So... Again, this is not explained. This is what screws me up. Because Will, at one point, you seemingly catch him in a lie about his brother. That's right. That's right. I I felt like the director did that to just kind of, like, fuck with the audience a bit. Yeah. Like, maybe we shouldn't trust him. Maybe he's not. he's been lying this whole time. He's not, like, this family-happy kind of man. Or, I don't know, whatever you want to call him. Like, he's not, like, this great guy as he portrays himself to be. As a protector right. of his family. He's lying. So perhaps that was just supposed to be like some type of misdirection or I don't know. But at the same rate, it was really random as well. It, it was. I don't know. We. It didn't really go anywhere. Like, 
because the movie concluded not long mm-hmm. after that. So I, I thought that was really stupid. And when you throw that lie in there, it kind of hit me the other night. I was like, if he's making up stuff about his brother and then he's like, oh, it was my brother-in-law. I'm like, how would you, I don't understand how why you would mess that up. Like, it's, it doesn't seem to me like somebody would make that mistake. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing to mess up. Like, oh yeah, no, I met my, my brother I got so many, I lost track. <laughs> All right, so if he's lying about that, then how do we know that he didn't just break into the cabin? He, like, maybe he knew that they were there in the cabin. He just broke in because he had a shotgun. Maybe he was just going to try to kill them or something. Yeah, because he said that, he didn't, well, he didn't say, the wife suspected that they he probably saw the smoke from when they burned the grandfather's body. Right, right. But he said he thought it was abandoned. So, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, that just like messes up the first part of the movie because I'm like, was he actually, did he know that there were actually people there and he was going to just break in? Like, mm. So I don't even know. So it like actually did more damage to the movie for me because I'm like, now I have no idea about the first part and it changes the entire like tone of the film from there on out. Mm-hmm. So I don't even. We don't know. <laughs> so that was frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. Um... So when they're going to get Will's family, uh, they get into a random gunfight. With those two people, just out of the blue. Yeah, I'm like, who are these people? These people start shooting them. Yeah, and just kill them in cold blood as well. Pretty much. Um, I'm sure they were just trying to survive. I, th- Although they shot first. Yeah, that's that true. That was a dick move. Yeah, that was a dick move. Why would you shoot? <laughs> Alright, whatever. Maybe they thought they were infected. Maybe. Maybe they already knew who Will was. We'll never know, because they're dead. (laughs) So they kill those two random people uh, on their way to find Will's family. Yeah, and then after that, they completely just skip... The whole getting the family part. Yeah, he's just back at the cabin. I hate this time jump that they show, because it's... Again, they're not giving you any details about the world out there. And I understand why they're not doing that. They want to keep the focus on the characters... And the focus on the forest as a setting. The kind of like claustrophobic feeling you get mm-hmm. from it. And they don't want to bring it too wide, which is what they would have possibly done if they had shown what was going on in the world. But to me, that's just annoying because we want to know more about what's going on, what it's like out there outside of this forest. And you don't see that. You don't see what it's like where his family was, was living. You don't see if Will was telling the truth about what their living situation was or how much food they had or whatever you only see what happens when they get back and to me that really annoys me because it's it's more of a there's one thing i hate so much in a story like this it's telling instead of showing like i want to see it i don't want you to just tell me what happened yeah it's a visual medium like you got to show me what happened I feel like the movie shows a lot without telling too much, and that's yeah. basically the downfall for this movie because that's it's a good point. Yeah, I just needed to like. I didn't know it was important and what wasn't. And yeah, I, yeah. There I, we go. That's that's the best way to put it as well. I guess the best way to put it for me is that I felt like I was playing some kind of detective game or something. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm like, you know, you've got your case book out and you're like, all right, here's all these like things we know. And like half the things mean something. The other half of your clues don't mean anything. And yeah. you have to figure out which ones you're like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> like who did it? Like, <laughs> like what's going on here? And I'm just like, which? This is a cold case for us, apparently. It's a really cold case. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> The last point I have is about his nightmares. Again, we were talking about how he's going down this path. It's a recurring dream. And the film almost seems to imply that he's scarred by something that happened to him in real life. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what it seems to imply. Yeah, because we didn't get to talk to talk to Travis. We're going to talk to this fictional character. (laughs) We didn't get to talk about, like, technically we did, but all of it was lost, which is very upsetting. We were talking a lot about Travis and his character and how frustrating it is for him to grow up in this kind of world because he's going through hormonal changes because there is that scene that you miss. I swear to God, you do this every time, Steve, okay? (laughs) When you went to go get a drink, uh, Travis, like the new couple is in the house and 
they're you know his mom and dad are in a separate room and the other couple's in another room and he sneaks out of his room and goes through like this crawl space and somebody's having sex and you think it's the new couple but then there's a scene that shows the father touching the mother suggestively so you're not quite sure who's he who's listening like which couple he's listening to so creepy. yeah exactly so his character was fascinating in the sense like what a struggle it must be to grow up in this kind of world where you don't have anyone else your age to talk to which is why he was able to connect with the the girl that came in because she, she was pretty close to his age right right the, the younger wife yeah she was probably in her 20s or something probably because he was 17 but he had like a lot of weird tendencies i guess is the best way to put it because i was like yeah. where is this going i am very uncomfortable right now <laughs> i i get i understand the concept of exploring the frustration he has as a young kid going through this and going through all this hormonal stuff but it got a little too weird for me yeah that was because um... there was that that scene that he was like kind of having like it was almost like a sex dream that he had oh yeah it was like a horror sex dream yeah <laughs> that it was, was so really alarming. bizarre was and so... then like five minutes later he goes down to the kitchen and just has a casual conversation with that girl yeah yeah it was very strange i was uncomfortable yeah um i kind of wish they didn't do any of that like didn't go into it it was cool them exploring what was going through his head because i'm sure being in that situation he must be frustrated as hell like that that was really cool concept very alone i imagine but it got a little weird i'm tired of the cliche in a horror movie where at least one of the characters has some kind of sleep disorder Oh, huh, I'm just huh. I'm so tired of that being a plot device yeah. because we saw it with Andrew with the sleepwalking and mm-hmm. Travis has some like nightmarish stuff that may or may not be caused by the sickness because it sounded like he'd been having it for a while. Yeah, but I just I'm so when it's done well I like it, but I'm just I'm really tired of it because it seems like every horror movie has it. So some it happens all the time. Disorder. Yeah. And I'm like, why does, like, especially sleepwalking, there's always a character that sleepwalks. Creepy ass kid. You even said it during the movie, like, cue the creepy kid with the sleeping problems. Yes, here we go. (laughs) I've seen it so much before, I'm just so tired of it. Yeah. Comparing it to kind of like other films that have done the whole, I don't know, people trapped in a tight space, claustrophobia, darkness within. I get what the movie was trying to do, but we've seen it done so much better in other movies and mm-hmm. especially recently like i can't help but wonder like my mind is just kind of going to these films while we were watching this and i was like i've seen this but it's been done so much better just off the top of my head like 10 cloverfield lane oh that's right that was yeah, excellent that was a great they movie did a good job that took this theme and just did it so much better that again i'm just i can't help but compare it or um train to busan which is a korean well, it's a Korean zombie movie on the train. Actually, just thinking of any movie on a train, Snowpiercer. <laughs> those are like those do the tightness and like the tight spaces, and you get to see the darkness of people. Yeah, Ten Cloverfield Lane is a perfect example of that because that movie it gives you some answers, but not all the answers. Right. Which I definitely appreciate it, you know. But it doesn't tell you everything. Oh yeah, not by a long shot. No, definitely you- not. A lot of it is implied, too. There's mm-hmm. a lot in there that's like, oh, okay, like, did he kill this person? Mm-hmm. Or, and I'm like, oh, okay. And, and what like, happened to his daughter? We'll never know. That's a good point. Yeah. And then, of course, at the end, too, you're wondering if this whole, um, like, this whole invasion thing is just a big, like, lie. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you see some people who are, like, really fucked up at the end from it. Yeah. But, um, you know, too, like, off the top of my head, I'm just like... I, well, I was thinking during this, I've, I've like, I've seen this before done in the Thing movies. Mm-hmm. Like, even, um, I like the more recent one, and especially the 1982 version, because that's just how this is. Like, you don't know who has, like, the alien inside them. You mm-hmm. don't know who's infected. And they're all treating each other with paranoia to the point where some people who aren't even infected kill each other mm-hmm. because they don't, they're like, oh, that guy's sick. No, he's not. And, like, we don't even know. So I'm like, this concept is not something we haven't seen before with people turning on each other because they don't know sick or you know or or whatnot and i'm just like this has been done so much better and seeing this just makes me want to watch these other movies that i just mentioned instead Mm -hmm. agreed 
All right, let's move on to fun facts. I don't have too many, unfortunately. Because this movie wasn't fun. <laughs> that and <laughs> this movie was super low budget. It was had a micro budget. I really had to dig a lot for this movie hmm. in terms of fun facts. Like I had to go through a lot of interviews and. Uh, hmm. All right. So one of the first fun facts I have is the fact that the house that they filmed at is it's in it belongs to tr- the director slash screenwriter's family. It's Trey Edwards. What? Yeah. So he like <laughs> it didn't specify if he grew up in the house. But he's obviously very familiar with the house. It's in his family. So, yeah. What the hell? Yeah. That's why, like, when I read that, I was like, this movie just became, like, ten times more fucked up than it that already was. was. really fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. There was, like, a lot of, oh, God. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Dude, what the hell? Um. All right. So, That's... another fun fact. Trey Edwards has done some work for his family members that he's described as survivalist preppers. What? Yep. Helping oh them reinforce their home in the event of an unforeseeable calamity. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's really specific. That is. Uh, so yeah. he just took that and put that in this movie. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this is the last fun fact I have. Like I said, I, I couldn't find too many. Uh, let's see. So he grew close with um, director Robert Eggers, who directed The Witch. Remember the movie that you turned off halfway through? I don't even think I made it halfway. <laughs> yeah, so while he was hitting up film festival circuit, he became very close with director Robert Eggers, which is really funny when I read that, because I remember during the movie, I turned to you and I said this movie like it just reminds me so much of the witch like in terms of tension and like like the suspense that's being built because that's how i felt when i watched the movie the witch you, you really need to see the ending of that movie do i have to yeah i just just watch i told you <laughs> watch the last 15 minutes hmm, and all you, maybe yeah i like i said the last 15 minutes will answer everything okay well give me an answer about this movie no definitely <laughs> oh, oh. it'll give you the answer of like style ideas that it appears Trey Edwards might have picked up from Robert Eggers in terms of suspense and visuals because there's a lot of like woodsy visuals in the movie The Witch. I I just thought it was really funny because I remember while watching this movie I kept thinking like this really reminds me of The Witch. Like this really reminds me of that movie. So Mm, yeah. That's a little enlightening I Mm -hmm. guess. Hmm. Another thing I forgot to mention as well um in terms of this sorry <laughs> you're, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna get a kick out of this so um or maybe not i'm not sure what? so he says that this movie or one of the a reviewer pointed out that the characters in this movie parallel the desperate parallel America's immigration policies. What? The characters in this movie parallel America's immigration policies. That's, because he said, no. it feels like this microism of a refugee story. Here you have a house that could represent a country and a family that could represent the people that live in that country, questioning whether to invite the other people in. We are the family that holds the keys. That's a stretch. I felt like that was like the biggest stretch ever. I was like, this, this, but this is what we mean. Like, there's too many like themes that they're trying to cover, and it's just like, ah, I don't know. It was just weird. Wait, so that's what the director said it was supposed to? No, this was a reviewer. So did the director comment anything on it? Like, did he say, uh, like, that's what I was going for, kind of? He kind of, like, he didn't really say yes, nor did he say no. <sighs> That's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> so that means it's completely bullshit. And he just doesn't want to say anything. Yeah. Uh, and then what else? Uh, <laughs> that's it, that's... Because I don't know. If he filmed a movie with something like that in mind, it changes the, the entire narrative. But the director did say he hopes the viewer finds relevance in the film's underlying parallel to today's increasingly fraught social climate. Uh, again, that's a... a big big stretch (laughs) that sounds like a vague enough message so no one can relate to it that's fantastic yep so i forgot to mention that as well i'm gonna just call bullshit on that whole thing (laughs) like all of that i can't see it i mean i really can't see yeah it almost should have been like a tv series but then there would be more of it 
Maybe we would get more answers that way. Maybe we get less. Maybe. Be just like all ambiguous <laughs> endings. Be something like like the show Lost. I was gonna say I was gonna yeah. Lost joke. <laughs> but um I think one lost is enough. Alright, so I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. Okay, our next movie coming up might be a while since July. There's not too many movies coming out. Yeah, it's weird. <sighs> yeah, unfortunately. But the next movie we decide to do is Wish Upon. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how this turns out. I'm interested. I'm I'm curious. It's I'm like really an evil curious. Genie or some shit, right? Uh not some quite. I'm not sure. Something. Some um, type of evil box. And it's with <laughs> Joey King. I believe that's her name. You know, she's really doing a lot of horror movies, I've noticed. She starred in The Conjuring. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Yep. Well, I'm gonna, I'm letting you pick this one because I <laughs> fucked up with this one. Um, I, I don't know. I, I what if it's not a horror movie and just a metaphor for someone's childhood reliance on wanting to make wishes to improve their life um, and slash the refugee crisis or something? We'll definitely see this on a five like at a five dollar Tuesday. I just I swear to God, if this is another giant metaphor for something. I don't think lose my I, shit. I I don't think it'll be a metaphor. Like I'm sure there'll be some type of metaphors in there because every movie no has movie metaphors. No movie is safe now. Yeah, we can't just go to but a horror movie. From what I've seen in the trailers, it seems like in your face, like scary movie kind of deal. That's good. Yeah. Or is it a thriller? I I don't think it's a thriller. It's a thrill spence. I'm like according to the IMDb page, it was classified as horror. You know what? That reminds me. Let Pretty me check sure it comes at night was. God, says horror. If IMDb says you're a horror movie, you're a fucking horror movie. Alright, well that pretty much wraps up Worth a Watch with Lumari and Steve. Until next time. Bye.